What's up, everybody? It's Derek, a.k.a. OD the MC, and this is Son of a Sneakerhead. Son of a Sneakerhead is a podcast focusing on sneakers, streetwear, and pop culture from a son of a sneakerhead. That's me, OD the MC. Each episode has a goal of highlighting Black culture and its influence on the world while providing a platform for the authentic voices of our culture through interviews, discussions, and of course, sneaker reviews. Take a seat and tune in so we can lace you up. On our first episode, I share what it was like growing up with a sneakerhead for a dad and what values he taught me. My dad isn't my birth father, but he raised me like his own since I was three. I always say I got pretty lucky because most of parents and kids' relationships can be, well, rocky to say the least. It was our common interest of TV, film, music, sports, fashion, and of course, sneakers that bonded us and ultimately made me a son of a sneakerhead. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome my pops onto the show for an intimate discussion and interview. Hey, baby boy. <laughs> hey pops <laughs> this is will here in dallas looking forward to this how you doing i am good dad we're gonna dive right into the interview so dad how did you get into the sneaker game do you remember your first pair i got into it first just by with fashion in general you know trying to look cool or thinking you're cool thinking you're fly and of course, sneakers is a big part of fashion. Sneakers, shoes, anything in general. And it started off with feelers. Just your basic run-of-the-mill feelers. Because tennis players had the biggest sneakers endorsement at the time. So it started off with the feelers. And soon as I got, because they were hard to get. I think I had to get them from a bazaar or some local spot because I don't even think the actual footlockers and things like that even had them. So as soon as I begged around, hung around, and was able to get them, then started Converse. And then Nike came along. So it basically started with feelers. And that was my probably my first pair of sneakers that pretty much started everything. Wow, a pair of feelers. Oh my gosh. What were your favorite sneakers and streetwear brands growing up? Uh, obviously, Fila, because uh, I used to go to play basketball in some Fila cutoff warm ups, and the only black kid in the hood with a Larry Bird jersey. So I had a, a great, the green Boston Celtic Larry Bird with some cutoff Fila's. And I probably at the time had some. Converse, like some pro wing Converse from Payless, which was like the, the artificial Converse, but they was pro wings. So it had the, the feelers, the pro wings going. And then I think it was 88, 89, I saw an All Star game, an NBA All Star game. I think Michael Jordan was in a dunk contest, and that pretty much changed it all. 
And uh, my first pair of Jordan was probably was the Jordan 4, which is my favorite Jordan silhouette is the Jordan 4, especially the uh, the bread 4s, the black and red ones. That, that may be the, the one that started it out for me, the Jordan 4s. And uh, my brands were Nike, of course, the Jordan brand, and then I got older, start getting into the regular Nike stuff. Um, but those are probably my three biggest brands growing up. Fila, Nike, the Jordan brand. And as I've gotten older, put Ralph Lauren in there because that's my that's my work work with work attire clothes, just the Ralph Lauren. Yes, Ralph Lauren is your go-to. <laughs> How did you find out about the latest sneaker releases? Have methods changed since things became more of an online process? Yeah, the first thing online that I remember was Nike Talk. Nike Talk was a forum where people got together, shared their ideas, shared their pictures, gave insight on um, what releases was coming out. And then as time has progressed, now you have it on your phone, you have apps. Pretty much all the big sneaker companies got their own apps now. Your Foot Lockers, East Bay, Champs, you name it. And there's some overseas um, shoe apps that I kind of use now too, like uh, Size, uh, I think In Clothing out of London are pretty good. But most of my sneaker releases either come from forums or apps. That's pretty much how you get your information nowadays. And it started with Nike Talk. Nike Talk was a big influence in the sneaker community. I don't go there too much now, but Nike Talk was the, was the go-to thing back in the day. What makes a sneaker release a must-have for you? Probably the history. If you had it as a kid and Nike or whomever, it's been to re-release that shoot because they do a lot of re-releasing after so many years. So part of it is the history of it. Remembering as a kid, you might not still have that shoe in dead stock fashion, but you can have the opportunity to get it again. Some of the time it's just hype itself. It could be a limited release, only one of so many. It's always good to say you have it in your collection. But most of the time, it's about the history. Sometimes the material. I'm a big fan of the new book suede. Of course, anything patent leather, I'm trying to get. So it could be a multitude of things. Mostly it's your own personal style, the history, how limited it is. I hate to get to, I hate to fall into the hype beast mode, but it happens. If everybody else talking about it, why can't I just have it in my collection too? So stuff like that. Do you remember a time where you waited in line for a pair of sneakers? Can you tell us about that experience? Oh, that was a norm for me growing up because um, sneakers would come out on a Saturday. You might not know it. Sometimes way back, sneakers would come out on Wednesday. Yeah, sneakers would come out on Wednesday. Kids would skip school. And I guess the sneaker companies and all that start hearing about that. And I think that's one of the main reasons why shoes start releasing on Saturday mornings. After kids, they know kids were scared from school to go try to get sneakers on a Wednesday. Kids or you? Both. <laughs> <laughs> both. Both. 
because I do remember sneakers coming out on a Wednesday early on with me copping sneakers. But yeah, that was a norm on Saturdays. The mall usually probably open up at 11 o'clock. And sometimes the, the shoe stores will open up a little bit earlier. But you had to line up like two, one, two o'clock in the morning, take your place in line with your lawn chair or whatnot. But some of these other cities like Chicago, New York, those guys be out there three and four days with their tents and whatnot, changing out people though, just to hold their spot. So it was fun times back then, just lining up for sneakers. I also remember just going into a store two or three days after the release and the sneakers are still there. But yeah, that, that was the good old days, hanging out, talking to people, grabbing for the shoe drop, standing in line, getting your sneakers. Just hope that nobody didn't bother you afterwards because you had that too where people were robbing people for their sneakers, just sitting out waiting on them. That was the dangerous part of it. But overall, that was a, a good experience. Camping out, what's called camping out for sneakers. Yeah. Approximately, how many sneakers do you have? To, I thought about this. I thought you was going to ask this. To be honest with you, I've never counted. But I'm quite certain I'm over 500. Quite certain I'm over 500 pair. I'm pretty sure it's over 500. <laughs> I'm I'm in my mid forties now, and I've been doing this since I was fourteen, fifteen years old. That's a little over, what, two two decades almost. Yeah, twenty five, almost thirty years. Yeah, I, I buy. I say in a month's time, there's nothing for me to get like seven, eight pair a month. The most I bought in a day is probably three. <laughs> So it can, it can become a problem. I'm blessed to have a good paying job where I can take care of my necessities and feed my addiction at the same time, <laughs> so to speak. This is very, very true. I remember growing up and sneakers and looking good. You and mom, just, just being able to present yourself was like the guilty pleasure <laughs> of y'all's. Exactly. I, I had a mentor when I was growing up, told me, you might not be the CEO of a company, but it don't make where you can't look like one. So always present yourself, clean cut, nice haircut, shade, whatever, nice clothes. Even if they're not name brand, you can still iron them, wash them, put colors together. So that always stuck with me. And I've always appreciated that you kind of passed that on to me and Maurice and we were able to kind of learn that lesson early on. Like you don't need designer to look good. Right. So my next question, if you had to pick three favorites from your collection, what would it be? Of course, the, uh, the bread force would probably be one. It's kind of hard. Just three. I have a pair of off whites, off white ones, the Carolina colorway. That's probably number two. Uh, Three may be a tie between my Sean Weatherspoons, uh, Air Max, or my LeBron Corks. I was lucky to get a pair of LeBron Corks from a raffle. That's probably top three or four. There's so many. 
You really can't choose. It's like your kids. You can't choose your, your favorite pair. <laughs> I can definitely say Jordan 4 is probably, like I said, is my favorite silhouette. So anything Jordan 4 probably going to be one of my favorites. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, I think you can pick a favorite kid. I mean, I know it's me, but we won't say that because I'm pretty sure Maurice is going to listen to the podcast. But we're not going to say that. But we know. But the rest of the world, we're just not going to give an answer. <laughs> um, my next question. What do you think about the increase of sneaker hype and hype beast culture? Have things drastically changed since you started collecting sneakers? Absolutely. Um, you know, we all get into the hype beast. You can't help it. Uh, I think the two main drastically changes have been resellers and the bots and i'm not trying to knock anybody hustle on reselling because if i get into some bad times hey i, I got a silver credit i could sell instantly it could be in pretty good shape so and some of the guys that i follow online are big resellers and they're pretty pretty cool people so i don't want to want to say i'm knocking their hustle but i can't stand the bots the bots have pretty much ruined everything. I've taken so many L's on shoes that I've wanted just because you can click the, the add to cart button and before you can even click on it, it's saying it's sold out. So bots have really changed it. And I think they may go hand in hand, bots and resellers, but uh, for the most part, bots is the worst thing that ever happened. And that's pretty much anything nowadays because I think when you're trying to buy tickets for concerts and whatnot, the scalpers and whatnot are just botting everything up, and it's just don't give it a, a chance for the average person that actually wants to shoot, wants to wear the shoe, or just just play the shoe. They just want to flip it. But like I said, I'm not trying to knock their hustle because it is what it is. And find a business yeah. venture into it, might as well take it. It's true. And you know how I feel about bots and resellers. I'm totally against it. Right. <laughs> Only because I've been on the receiving end quite a bit. Also, I remember the first time where, like, I, I remember the first time I saw it happen and I just didn't understand how there's so much technology in the world that bots are like a thing. And then, right. secondly, like you said, I'm not going to knock a hustle of resellers. However, I do have a strong opinion about hypebeast culture and resellers. Um, just because, like, that lesson that you taught us when we were growing up of it doesn't have to be designer or it doesn't always have to be a certain, like, label of things, but you can always still look nice without a certain, like, label or name brand. And I do think resellers and hypebeast culture kind of perpetuate this need of having a brand or having like a name tag on you or name brand from head to toe, which I strongly don't believe is a necessity per se or a lifestyle that I perpetuate on. Because resellers, like I'm into thrift stores and vintage, and I think that type of reselling is okay because it's... it's kind of the ethics of it all but i'm not a fan of bots i'm not a fan of the resellers so they, yeah 
They take over everything. Um, they take it over. Everybody has their number, and if you set a price on something, if they want it, they'll buy it.